0: the always use your head
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to A Changing Attitude, the podcast that takes a 2021 look at the attitude era of Raw and give our thoughts and opinions on whether it was good, bad or bad guard, ugly. Bowling shoe ugly. Uh, But on this journey, (laughs) uh, I would not want to go it alone and I brought two of my uh, besties along for the ride. So first, uh, Tanner, how are you today, sir? Welcome
2: back! Yeah. I'm back, bitches.
1: Yeah, back. Thank you guys. I
2: appreciate appreciate you having me back, uh, so I can watch well, this. Uh... We, we took a vote on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I w- I'm I'm staying on the island. Um...
0: <laughs>
2: um... <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode. I- I'm looking forward to
1: this. <laughs> And and the voice that you heard then in the, in the background, um, the the other part of this uh, trifecta, or is draw? Or how are you today?
0: I'm doing quite well. I got dinner already started. I got a load of dishes
1: done. So far, productive pretty good so the episode i mean doing dishes i wish doing dishes got an applause in my house
0: (laughs) i mean technically it's not the applause is it coming from my house it's coming from tanner that that mm.
1: is true. Mm. So I'm, I may just have to uh, stream yard Tanner every time I do the dishes, so I can just get you go. Get a- Tanner, <laughs> I
0: did the dishes. Well done, <laughs> yeah. sir. Just well to get done.
1: A bit of admiration. <laughs> Good job, my lord. Good job. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh dear, that's that joke's never going to get old, is it? <laughs> Probably not. Um. And so, who are you? Ah, I'm me. I am Lord Mags, and nice. that is a genuine lordship. I am literally a a real human lord. Mm. So, how, so, how
0: did that come about? So, yes, yeah,
2: so you you, you got to give us uh, some some context here for the listeners because uh, this is a this is a life changing moment for you, and I think everybody <laughs> needs to know how you, you got here.
1: <laughs> a life changing moment is a stretch. Um, I don't feel any different. From uh, heraldry,
2: I mean, I, I I'm not a lord. Um Neither uh, am I. Or, or ah, a, a you, are, are you a lord or a, or a duchess of, of of some sort?
0: I am no. not a lady or a lord a or a, hmm. uh, mm-hmm. well, well, I mean, you, I, I you am kind, kind of, of a lady, but I'm not well, like a yeah. title lady. Can <laughs> can Let me of one. You, <laughs> yeah, you. I have lady-like a... qualities on occasion when I choose hmm. to implement hmm. those. <laughs>
1: So you could be lords and ladies. It's as simple, yeah. So essentially, what happens is every year, uh, me and Mrs. Mags will buy each other uh, a silly gift for Christmas. And um, this year, I decided that I would buy a um, a a title, a herald heraldry title. Um, So for about fifty pounds or so, you can purchase the right to be called a lord or a lady uh you get a parcel of land uh on on this big kind of estate or this manor i think it's called hogan hogan manor ironically um so yeah uh we are lord and lady of hogan manor uh and you it can it's open to anyone in the world so you could literally go on the same website and become a lord or a lady um, i don't have
2: to be a like a naturalized uh british no. citizen
1: no, nope, not at mm. all.
0: I think I've heard of this this thing that you speak of. I find it very interesting.
2: So, so how how big is this parcel of land that you now it's uh, oversee?
1: Five five foot by five foot.
2: Okay, so it's enough for some some you know like a maybe a master bed.
1: Yeah, a, you maybe. you can't build on the land though because it's it's part mm-hmm. of a uh, an area of ex, exceeding natural beauty. So it's protected by by government. Mm, mm,
2: Interesting. Mm, mm. But you can put stuff there, Maybe. like a
1: flag. Yeah, like a flag. Or I like mean, what a, can you put flag. in? Or like uh, a, we actually do have now. We you also get issued a, a crest. See, you can just oh. put your crest there, and, and your a, crest flag, and your and your kind of deeds to show that you are really a legal lord. And you can change all your documents with your uh, with. Um, with like your credentials or your passport or your driving mm-hmm. license, you could put Lord. Uh, well, I wouldn't put Lord Mags, obviously, cause that's the gimmick name, uh, but Lord Kirkman, yeah. Lord of, Kirkman. Of, Ho- of Hogan Manor. So yeah, <laughs> all right. it's a real thing. And um,
2: so, uh, let me know when the, uh, the next gala
1: is and I'll, I'll try, and, <laughs> and try and make it. I'll well, guess it um, up for the ball. <laughs> Oh, and, and i do only ask that i'm referred to as sir from now on that's all oh well, well that's you know
2: very uh, very nice of you very very uh, you know very lenient you know
0: good luck with ones. that
2: <laughs> very nice of you who uh, for, that you uh, you only want to be known as sir i mean uh, would, wouldn't you go by lord you know lord no that i like to keep it informal Basically, he's
0: trying to get you to call him sir. That's where that that was going.
2: You're the friendly lord.
0: (laughs) The friendly
1: lord. Yeah, (laughs) friendly lord, sir. Friendly lord, sir. There we go. I may I may abuse this
2: title quite a lot.
1: No. Yes.
2: I mean, you already called Matt
1: a peasant.
0: (laughs) Well, that's even Matt. Let's not be surprised by that.
1: that Actually, that had nothing to do with the lord. That was just <laughs> my <laughs> in general. That was that. that was you. <laughs> oh goodness! I was I was close to calling him sir or that like servant. Yikes! Like, and then I realised he can't cook, so what that mm-hmm. was... Good
2: with a syringe, but bad with uh you know bad bad with a fork and knife. Is
1: is good with the ivermectin. <laughs> the Oh good
0: lord.
2: <laughs> Boy, this is quite the intro to the show. I'm telling takes...
1: you. So let's get into the show.
3: <laughs> yes. Um, let's. We are
1: we are well on the way to Survivor Series nineteen ninety-six and we're actually at a, a very Infamous episode, I'd say, of uh, Monday Night Raw. So this was from November the 4th, uh, 1996, uh, still in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, Ori, do you have the the Peacock uh, episode number uh, for reference? I do. It is season four, episode 43 of Raw. And for, for those who listen to uh, some of maybe the more high-profile uh, podcasts, a certain... Um Jim Ross and Conrad uh sure covered this pretty recently. Um steel in there. Uh Jim, not cool. Not cool at all. <laughs> <laughs> um well, God. so basically we start the episode with a, a bit of a um a recap of what's been happening in uh in the world of Stone Cold Steve Ross. He, he's really kind of a in the midst of this push to become a huge, huge star. And we see him, uh, um, where, where he had the, the interview with, with Bret Hart, and and then him abusing the, the production staff when they cut him off and then saying that he was going to be at Brian Pillman's house. Um, and that's essentially what the, the, the majority of this show is about. It's about the, uh, the, the interview with Kevin Kelly at Brian Pillman's house, uh, and the, uh, the reactions of one Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, mm-hmm. So we we start essentially with uh, with Kevin Keller. Uh, well, let's let me
0: before we get into this, I want to say I, th- I feel like this was some really good storytelling because if you if you're not following along with us and just you know and watching along, but just following along with our commentary, it was a good piece of storytelling between last week and this week because the whole issue centers around Stone Cold being the king of the ring winner being the quote-unquote biggest star in the WWF at the time and him not being treated that way because you had interviews with Ahmed Johnson at home and interviews with Bret Hart at Mm -hmm. home and you know we we know that there's that big build that's coming up between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart and so he feels completely and utterly disrespected and they're flying him to Connecticut instead of coming to his home in Texas to do those interviews. And so I thought it was, (laughs) while parts of the story may be uh, controversial, the way it's being built is really good. You know, like how dare you disrespect me? I'm your king of the ring winner. I Mm -hmm. am the biggest star the company has right now because Brett turned tail you know, between tucked his tail between his legs and left because he didn't want to face me, blah, 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 blah. And I deserve, don't I deserve to have people come to my house? Why did I have to get on a plane and come all the way to Connecticut? It it was just really, really good story building. I I don't know that I agree with everything that happened this week, but I still think it was great. Oh, now you've you've gone to Bret Hart's home, and now next week you're going to go to Pillman's home, and Pillman's already disrespected me by taking my interview time to fill up with crap about bret hart so if you're going to his house i'm going to go to his house too and i'm going to tell him exactly what i think about that as if you know what he did to him in the ring wasn't enough so i think it just really good story building that they're doing right here despite how it may be played out if that makes sense
1: no, that was a really good breakdown of of, of how we we got to this spot. Um, I, yeah, I, I I really agree with pretty much everything that you've said. Um, so yeah, we we start the show uh, essentially with a cold shot um, of outside of Brian Pillman's house, which it says on the on the screen is in Walton, Kentucky. Uh, mm. But yet later on in the show they they say he's in Cincinnati, so there's a little bit of a continuity issues there. Um, <laughs> so uh, they, they, they run through the fact that uh, Kevin Kelly's going to be interviewing uh, Pillman and his wife, uh, that Austin has threatened to, to show up, and that the kids have been uh, sent to the grandparents. Then we get the raw opening, which uh, I don't know if you guys n- uh noticed this, but there was a some dude coughing in between halfway through the the <laughs> the, the, the opening. I'm assuming it's gonna be uh yeah. um Vince because he, he does a bit of the voice over there whilst the music's playing and then yeah, a, a a very loud audible cough. Yeah,
2: he's just like I did that way too hot. Monday night
1: <laughs> I completely missed that. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, he really hopped up a loogie there.
2: pwx over the top shine and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only 5.99 per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv
0: go to powerslam.tv promo code chair get your free month again that's powerslam.tv
3: promo code chair the chair always use your head what's the easiest choice you can make
1: So yeah after after that we uh, essentially go into the first match um, mm. um, face the stalker is the stalker a face in this match um and, uh,
0: I would say probably. yes just because of the way they built it because we've got Golddust and Marlena versus Barry Windham, the stalker and when gold dust comes out he basically brings the entire rest of his Survivor Series team with him, Mm -hmm. aside from King, who's already on commentary. And then when Barry Windham comes out, he brings the rest of his Survivor Series team with who we lovingly know now as The Rock, uh, Mark Henry, you know, everybody. It's basic. And it essentially ends up becoming like a lumberjack match, you know, a traditional Survivor Series, pre-Survivor Series lumberjack match why it's between these two people specifically I don't know but you know I guess it's the two of the two groups that they're trying to, that have been on top most recently and they're also trying to build because mm-hmm. they haven't really had rock in the ring and king and while they do make reference later which I'm skipping ahead a little bit to previous issues with king and mark henry mm-hmm. You know, that was still too far away to put Mark Henry in anything. And as we know from that match, he's still, quote-unquote, being trained or has been being trained in this whole time slot in mm. between. So, Yep.
1: Yeah, and so, essentially, the match is to build for the, the Survivor Series, uh, the 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 match and, and all the, the teams are out. Um, we do, like or said, see the, the first real live experience of, of The Rock, uh, and this match was always going to end the way that it did in a, in a huge schmoz with all the, the faces and, and the heels uh, um, uh, going at it. Um, bef- uh, whilst the match is going on, we do get a, a phone call from St- Stone Cold um, mm-hmm. uh, to, to Vince. At first, I didn't even think it was Stone Cold. The voice was was really, really off. Uh, But he uh, basically said this was all Pillman's fault, uh, taking the interview time, and he's going to strike down upon his ass with with great vengeance, really kind of (laughs) uh, channeling his uh, his inner pulp fiction. Um, There you go. (laughs)
0: i like that though like Mm -hmm. i I wrote it down austin forty five seventeen. he's and he's i know what he's doing here he's throwing back to that 316 line that he dropped when he won king of the ring and i think Mm -hmm. it's brilliant and i hope we get more of these because i'm going to keep a running list and maybe that'll be like a tecker shirt or something not a tecker (laughs) shirt but a change in attitude shirt you know the verses of you know the prophet stone cold Steve Austin or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, Austin forty-five seventeen. I will strike down upon your ass with great vengeance and furious anger.
1: And <laughs> it didn't finish the the saying though, because that should have been anybody who, who harmed my brother. Um, but he's not bothered about his brother. He's more no, bothered about there, the he has town. no
0: brothers. He's stone cold yeah, Steve Austin. No. He doesn't want anybody, he doesn't need anybody. He's good.
1: Hmm.
2: Oh, yeah, DTA don't trust anybody
1: exactly exactly yeah. in in terms of the actual in-ring action between uh, Barry Windham and Goldust it was a, a pretty decent match uh, a lot of kind of old school style wrestling uh, with uh with uh, hip tosses and arm drags and things like that but the the match was always there to have the the schmoz finish and you can see that that there was a lot of stock in uh in rocky my already because he he got a um a, a big spot where he he took out crush and and gold with the the double uh crossbody from the from the top rope um but yeah it, it, this was all to build for us uh survivor series so Tanner, what uh, what did you think of uh of this opener
2: i mean it was fine i mean you had um you know Barry Windham, the the Stalker. I'm sorry, and the uh, Gold Dust, uh, in the ring together. I mean, they're two very experienced guys, right? Like even at this point in their careers, they're very experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a good match? Uh, maybe but i mean i don't think it was meant to be like this you know really solid match as much as it was hey let's build up survivor series and have that kind of you know schmoz kind of finish Mm -hmm. where everybody's you know brawling at the in you know outside the ring and it's you know you're you're hyping up survivor series you want to get that that gimmick of teams like team warfare against each other yeah i mean that's exactly what this did
1: Yep, yeah, totally agree. Aura, um, your your thoughts on the the in ring work and and um, the the way it builds for Survivor Series?
0: I think it was great. I think that they put the
1: two people who should have been in that match in that
0: match of the two teams. Um, it, it further pulled Goldust and Marlena away from because you know we we had talked about it earlier when we started these episodes where somehow gold dust and Marlena were intertwined in this whole mankind thing that is definitely done now, which I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for because it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Anyway. Um, Barry's experienced Dustin's experienced. And it highlighted a lot of good people. I mean, King at one point even leaves ringside, I'm sorry, leaves commentary to go to ringside to help out his Survivor t- Series team. And like I mentioned earlier, we had that face-off between him and Mark Henry. You know, it, it. I think it did exactly what it needed to do. I don't know that I'm fully invested in these two teams because I don't feel like there's enough of a reason. Like, I can see why some people are paired together on these teams but I don't see enough of a reason for the teams to be facing one another, with the exception of Mark Marrow and Triple H. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two that that really make sense. Everybody else is just kind of filler. But you know, we still have one more episode before Survivor Series, so maybe that'll some of that will be made clear. Maybe it won't. Maybe it's just this is who we've got available, and these are the good guys, and these are the bad guys. So.
1: Hmm. Um, and maybe they'll do what they did for twenty twenty one Survivor Series and just announce the matches on Twitter, um, oh. and and not even have any build. Hmm.
0: Did they even have enough people left for that? Sorry. I...
2: Imagine oh. nineteen ninety seven wrestling Twitter. Just, yeah. like,
1: just imagine. Oh, it'd be a salty place. A very. very it's
0: place. not now.
1: <laughs> oh, be, I think it would be way saltier
0: that's that's frightening because Probably. even today's standards like wrestling twitter nowadays is saltier than the dead sea mm-hmm. and i don't know how it's the, the salt is the only thing keeping it afloat some days like it's oof
1: yikes so back to the episode and we get um um a- a very well done video package And one thing that, that WF are always good at Is uh, obviously having cats on the on, on yeah. streams They're really good at that <laughs>
0: She's very clingy this week Like the last week and a half I don't know what her deal is
1: Yeah. So, have, What
0: were your thoughts on the episode Freya?
1: Oh, no, We're not doing Did this you have again
0: any? Hey Oh now you want to shut up You butthead <laughs> Typical wow. cat
1: yeah, so uh, one thing WWF have always been good at is is uh, video packages, and this uh, black and white um, video package of Austin uh, in the in like an abandoned warehouse, uh, giving um, giving grief to to Bret Hart, uh, vowing to kick his ass, uh, and mm-hmm. that he left because he got beat up by a, a, a toy boy, and that Austin ain't no toy boy. I don't dance. I don't sing. Um, I thought this was a really well done video package. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? Yeah. It's good. good video package. Yeah, it, it, it,
0: that, that's the one thing that I can say that's been consistent for WWF, WWE throughout the years is doing these video packages, taking some little bit of nothing and turning it into something that looks compelling and interesting And something you'd want to check out more. Um, Yeah, I can't, I can't complain about that whatsoever.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, So then after that, we get uh, Doc Hendricks harping up um, the Survivor Series. And then we, uh, we see um, Mankind cutting a promo on, on The Undertaker uh, with uh, Paul Bearer and the executioner in the ring. And then, uh, Seen- and
0: and that was during the
1: Big Bang Boom tour, one of their live shows. And th-
0: this is what I want to say about that. This is something that I miss from current WWE programming. Is that for the most part, it seems like they completely ignore all their other shows, like <laughs> Raw and SmackDown. They'll refer back to the to each other as they need to. But NXT may as well be a whole nother company. Yeah. You know, 205 Live may as well be a whole nother company. You know, and when they have people move between, you almost see nothing. it's like, it's like Charlotte Flair's current run and they how many titles they refer to. She's had 17 titles, but they don't want to count that NXT championship. Like stop. That's that's one thing I will say that I do appreciate about AEW is they don't try to pretend like. Things that happened elsewhere, whether it was in WWE or on the independent circuit, never happened before. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they treat us like, yeah, we remember, we know. They, they don't treat us like we're idiots and we're not supposed to know. And I get there's that whole, well, WWE is trying to market to kids. They may not watch independent wrestling. They not may not be inv- as invested in NXT or 205 Live or whatever. But still, that builds hype for your other shows.
1: Yeah, I, I've never just understood that
0: I, I don't get it. Like, you don't have to refer back to every house show. That's a lot of information. It really is. Unless there's something that absolutely has to be included, storyline-wise, from a house show, there's no point in, in pulling any of that information. But don't act like 205 Live doesn't exist when you're still trying to do something with it and it's there. Don't try to act like NXT doesn't exist. You know, that, to me, that irks me more than, for example, Karrion Cross, who just got released. Okay. You want to ignore everything that he did on the independent wrestling scene because you've rebranded him for your product. That's perfectly fine. But don't sit there and ignore Everything he did in NXT, not that they did, but don't sit there and ignore it and talk about it like or skip over it like it never even happened because that's your company. I mean, Point there's, blank.
1: there's an, an even uh, bigger glare in the mission the, the, the stuff with Dewdrop. Um, yeah. They they totally ignored the fact that she was a big part of NXT UK and acted like she and She nobody knew Just who she beard, was. Out yeah. of nowhere. She just manifested. That, that could have been the perfect way to get more eyes on NXT UK, saying, oh, wow, this is uh, Papa Niven from NXT UK. Uh, go and check, her, check the stuff out. She's been on there. But, yeah, uh, WWE have always been very kind of uh, self-centered in terms of uh, they only want you watching that product. Uh, then they why don't something- have
0: the rest of it? Why televise it? Why put it on a network? It doesn't... Mm, I'm to sorry, hit. I'm going to step back hit. and get off my soapbox uh, because I'll sit here, we'll, uh, I'll rant for 30 minutes on this. It it ooh, it, it it. It makes me heated. Yeah.
2: I, I, mm. I mean, uh, 1997 Raw though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't even yes. got there yet. We're still oh, in I
1: goddamn wish. 1996. Yeah, see, Kat's upset
0: about it too. She's trying to get us back on track.
1: Yep, yeah, so, so um whilst um, mankind is cutting his promo in the ring, uh, the under the voice of the Undertaker comes up and we see a, a, um, a lower down of something wrapped in uh, in um, in material. Um Undertaker says that this is uh, essentially uh, the future of Paul Bearer. Uh, the executioner goes out, rips the material off the off the off the, the lowered structure, and it ends up being a shark cage with a a, a style dummy of of Paul Bearer hanging upside down by the feet kind of creepy um but a good likeness of Paul Bearer they certainly stuffed that that shirt out pretty well <laughs> yeah
0: it was something it was it was uh, something so then
1: <laughs> Freya was not impressed with the Paul no, Bearer no she was not impressed
0: <laughs> she said it needed more stuffing <laughs>
1: Uh, so, so then we uh, go back to Pillman's house. Um, we've got Kevin Keller. Um, now, one thing that stood out for me very early on in this interview was, why was Kevin Keller given the world's longest microphone to, to interview? Um, this felt like a rib because that microphone was huge. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was a bit comical. Uh,
0: but know. at the same time, well, did it like have a battery pack on the bottom of it? I think the those wireless tri, you know, mics were kind of like that back in the day. We hadn't quite miniaturized all the technology yet.
1: Yeah, I mean that may be the case. Uh, but uh, Kevin Kelly starts to interview uh, uh, Brian, ends up asking one question, uh, and then Vince chirps in uh, and. Brian and Kevin essentially have to sit there frozen whilst Vince gets his his words out. Um, but we we essentially get a breakdown of, of how Brian's been feeling since he uh, was asked. Uh, he says he's uh, he's uh, alive and well. He's been in bitter feuds before, but there's uh, differences between business and private life. And that Austin had uh, crossed the line. Vince uh, interrupts and says that Austin uh, has been seen in the neighborhood. Uh and Pillman says that Austin's blanded by rage. Uh and then he says that Steve's a dead man walking. Uh and the big reveal when Austin 316 meets Pillman nine millimeter, he's gonna blast his sorry ass to hell. Whoa. Now mm. this gun yeah. had no magazine in. Yeah, that's the first say, thing that that
2: stood out to me. He he's uh he's not, uh, he's not the sharpest guy with a gun. Uh, you know,
0: okay. But let's, let's be a little realistic about this. Okay. I am someone who knows very little to nothing about guns. I don't care for guns. There was an issue Mm. with my dad with a gun, which I will have to explain at a later date. Um, but I didn't recognize as someone who, despite living in the South, doesn't really deal with guns. I had no clue. There was no magazine in it.
2: Hmm. So just it's just the image of him brandishing the the gun itself that uh, was and warning. his
0: face and he, uh, you, that's one thing you've got to give yeah. Pillman is that his facial expressions. <laughs> He no, I looked mean, manic and out of control. Yeah. No, he he
2: was he was very, very good here in this scene. It is once you do realize that there's no magazine, the gun, it is kind of um wacky, kind of zany a little bit.
1: And and then he he, <laughs> he cocks the barrel twice and no bullet comes out. Yeah. That's another kind of big giveaway. Like, 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 but again, no. if you know nothing about guns. No, I, yeah, I, 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 no, I, that I point. I, get you.
2: Yeah. It's, a, it's a frightening image to have a man who looks crazy, uh, you know, with a, his a gun on live mm-hmm. television. Yeah. Right. I mean, I get that. Um, but, you know, I, I see both sides of it. You know, I, I understand how frightening that could possibly be. But at the same time, like what Max was saying, like, if you kind of know what to look for, you're like,
0: what? Like,
2: come on now. Yeah.
0: And I, I think there's, de- there would definitely, be some people who would... Like, my husband, he didn't watch this with me, but he's former military. He would know what to look for. He'd be like, yeah. wait a minute, he cocked that twice and no bullet came out. I'd probably go,
1: wait, this, he's still got the safety on as well. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> that looks like a water pistol.
0: <laughs> I'm, maybe, I don't know. So, but yeah, like, I, I, I can... The argument could be made that, yes, he didn't have it loaded at the time. No, he's not going to brandish a loaded weapon, you know, just for the safety of his wife and the crew people until Austin's on scene. There's different ways you could you could take it and interpret it, Uh, take it and interpret it, which is not easy to say. So but it was yeah, it was a very interesting scene to say the very least.
1: Yep, so so after this uh, segment of the, the Pillman interview, uh, we cut away to uh, Todd Pettengill and The King, um, and we get another match in the, the Karate Fighters holiday tournament, um, this time versus Sarko Sid and Marlena. Um, a bit of a mismatch there. Um, Jerry very much in the corner of Marlena. Um, and we get um, a couple of... Weird promos, Marlena stroking her figure, and I can't remember what the figure was actually called. But she was—I don't so, know if they ever said. I, I know they said that what uh, the name of Sid's figure, um, Ha Ninja, or something like that. Uh, but essentially, um, Sid absolutely destroys Marlena in 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 this. Uh, she has no idea how to play karate fighters. In fact, she looked ridiculous. This me? is
0: the thing that caught me so funny about that is that. Sid looks like he has practiced and he is intense (laughs) and focused and he is 100% in it to win it. And Marlena is like, I might break a nail. It was so half-assed and half-hearted. Like, I'm just going to sit here and turn this piece. And Sid looked like he was in the finals of like, exactly. Uh, Oh, what's what's the game? Street Fighter V tournament, you know, like with a joystick and he's going to, I mean, he was laser focused. And I don't know why, but it caught me so freaking funny. It it, was absolute ridiculousness. But I loved it. I hate to say it, but I loved it.
1: Tanner, your thoughts on uh, Sid going through in the prestigious Karate Fighters Holiday tournament? Uh, good for him.
2: Uh, like you said, it's a prestigious tournament. Uh, well deserved victory. Uh, he played he played it well with strategy, and um he he beat an opponent that uh, he deserved
1: to beat. So yeah. Uh, was the strategy hit the button as hard as you can until the machine breaks? Is is that not ever the strategy? I mean, I suppose (laughs) it it seems to be working. Um, I think for for me, the best part of this whole uh, little segment was when Marlena threatened the the future acting career of the figure, saying that they will never get work in this town again.
0: That was ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes uh, not giving someone a mark is the best option. I think she was a, a, a much more compelling character when she didn't say a lot. (sighs) <sighs> so like then him. so then after that we're back outside uh Pillman's house, uh, apparently still in uh Walton, Kentucky. Um and Austin has turned up and he's starting to beat up some of Brian Pillman's friends. Um attempts a little bit of drowning, uh rips the shirt pretty much off one guy, um stuffs his head in the car door. Um yeah, so he's uh throwing the trash cans around. And then he starts to stalk around the house, looking for 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 a way in. Um, so these kind of like cuts to live. Now, obviously, they they weren't live. But um, what did you feel about the, how they they transitioning from the show to these uh these these segments with with Austin? Uh, Tanner, uh, how do you feel this? Comparing it to the the rows that we've watched in this uh, in this run, how do you feel um, this is? Do you think it's uh, a good change, or do you think it's uh, something that they should kind of steer away from? Are you not going to unmute now? That's great. No, nope, he's just, that's, that's, no, where he no, is. no
2: it's, it, it's, it's fine. It's a, it's a fine change. I think there's, there's going to be positives and negatives. And we're just going to have to wait and see how this one plays out, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's, I'm in, I'm in two different minds about it at this point.
1: Okay. That's fair. Or right.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of in the same camp. Um, I mean, while it's plausible that, That um, Brian has friends outside of Pillman. Pillman has made a big deal about saying, well, we were best friends. I know his strengths and his weaknesses. I know his fears and all this other kind of stuff. And it's kind of like, okay, but wouldn't y'all have some mutual friends? Like, I know if me and two of my friends were getting into a fight, we would have mutual friends there between us trying to stop us you know, and not trying to just flat out fight us, but like, come on, you you really don't want to do this. Come on, come on. Haven't you done enough? So, you know, and I think that would have been a little bit more interesting to see, you know, we, even if we didn't know who they were, make it obvious that these are mutual friends that want, you know, that are trying to calm things down and then mm-hmm. have Steve go ape shit and beat them, you know, beat up on them. So I I don't know. That's, that's again, seeing things from a different perspective in a way that would make things a little bit more compelling. I didn't have any... The only real issue that I had was when he took the one guy, he threw him at the front, I think, of his car or maybe Brian's car. And then he picked up the, the flying wagon toy and threw it at the guy, like... Those are big, heavy, rough aluminum toys. Like, that would actually really friggin' hurt and probably dent the car as well. Like, I, I was a little concerned on that part, part. But other than that, you know, I didn't... It all made sense yeah, to, well, to, to some extent.
1: Well, luckily for that guy, we see him a little bit later on. Um, and he's, uh, unexplicable, he's dry as well, even though he has oh, been course. drowned... Um, so yeah he, he must have uh, quickly put his uh, clothes through through the the tumble dryer but mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. bad the by. Uh, <laughs> but for, uh in in terms of this these segments i actually think um WWF needed to do something like this they need to start changing it up uh, they were getting absolutely hammered by wcw uh with uh, the NWO stuff um so they they had to focus on on the characters that were were drawing in the crowd, and um, Pillman was incredibly charismatic. People were paying to see him, even though he couldn't really wrestle because of his multiple injuries. Uh, and Austin was obviously someone who the the company uh, was putting a lot of stock in. Um, so I think trying things like this, whether they failed or not, it, it shows that the company were were looking to at least come into the the modern times with uh, with production value.
0: And not only that, this is something that I just thought about. You know, we've talked ad nauseum about the king or who, whoever else trying to make references to what's currently big and popular in the modern world to try and make their, themselves uh, relevant. Then at the same time, um, we've also talked about how they were transitioning from these larger-than-life superhero. Um, characters to people who were more real everyday man uh, relatable type characters the first episode date of the real world was may of 1992 so by the end of 96 we're probably in season four maybe of the real world and possibly then we've got road rules on top of that so Reality television was, while still in its infancy, it was a big thing in 96, or it would have, It, it I don't know exactly when it was the biggest thing, but it would have been a big thing at, at this point in time. So to have something within the show that felt more real, whether it was pre-produced, pre, you know, whatever, you know, or portions of it were, it, it just, it. It made sense. And I I think while it may not have gone down the way they had hoped, I think it was still a benefit to them personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still two years away, give or take, from the very first TRL episode in 98. But the reality television is really kicking at this point. We've probably gotten Survivor now or, or we will be getting it very shortly. The Bachelor, all these reality type programs. So to bring some to, to kind of dip your toe into something reality based while still trying to keep this illusion of fantasy to bring th- people in, I think is a very smart choice.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. But uh, WWF have to do WWF things and uh, they've got a, a really interesting kind of a essentially live story breaking down here and what did they they do at a very pivotal point of, of the storyline with Austin stalking around the the house of Brian Pillman they cut to a match and they of cut course. to a, they cut to a match that means absolutely nothing and is a total waste of time in the grand scheme of things so we have Alex the pug uh Porto taking on the Sultan, who is, uh, who is um, accompanied by uh, the Iron Sheik, and Bob Backlund, who uh, cuts a, a crazy, shouty promo in, in the ring, which actually lasts longer than the actual match itself. Typical Backlund fashion. I will say the one thing that I caught at the beginning of this match that I had never
0: actually heard before was that Alex the Pug Porto is billed from New Orleans, mm-hmm. which, you know, is about an hour from me. So I thought that was wild. Like, I, I had no idea. So, especially with a name like Porto, I would have thought maybe closer to
1: France or something. I don't know. Well, and and just like the the Saints, uh, he was absolutely embarrassed. By, hey, uh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey!
0: Saints, play it right now, buddy. We might be down. Yes, I do have it on another screen. We might be down by three. Things I, actually,
1: I actually was not even aware that they were playing, but uh, yeah, this was the, the squashiest of a squash match. Yeah. Uh, we see about three moves from, from the Sultan: uh, leg sweep, uh, belly to back suplex, uh, backbreaker, and then a camel clutch. Um, I think the most interesting thing for me in this match was the the fact that um, Iron Sheik, um. He prayed on his on, on his uh on his carpet and then left his carpet there. And the ref actually had to tell him to pick up the carpet. Come on, we've got a match coming. Take take your carpet away. But yeah, it was a, a nothing match, uh, essentially a, a, a time filler uh before we go back to Pillman. Uh and uh he's uh we, we see Austin essentially breaking through a door. Um now I think he was smashing it with maybe a crowbar or a, a tire iron. But it, it I think so.
0: It. I couldn't really see it. It was definitely like the back door, the kitchen door where you've got, mm-hmm. you know, it's not full glass like they showed him beating on the front door. It's one of those about half of the door is glass. And then you've yeah. got the regular, you know, wood or metal. and, um, it, it, and certainly, it, out.
1: It, it looked like as well that it was tough on glass because it took him a good 10 strikes to actually get his way into the door.
0: Yeah, it it kind of seemed like he had hit it a few times before we saw the actual break. But in some mm-hmm. ways, I think that's good because it gave where the cameraman were situated on Pillman time to go around that wall just in enough time to see that gla- that initial glass break and him clearing some of the rest of the glass so that he could get his arm in through the door and unlock that back door. So it it's one of those while they could have gone with sugar glass If they had, you know, or gimmicked the glass in some way, they would have missed that initial shot of him breaking it. So going with regular glass, giving him a crowbar or a tire iron or whatever it was, I think was a smart choice.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, a really cool visual as well, especially with him breaking through and then re- reaching through to to let himself in, uh, going to storm into the front room, uh, sees Pillman with the gun, uh, starts to back off, uh, and just as uh, you would expect, the 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 gunshot, uh, the the satellite feed goes down. Uh, Focusing clearly on Pillman and his and his wild look in his eyes. Thought that that was a, a really, really good visual. Um and very convenient that the that the, the feed went down just at that minute. Of course. Of course.
0: <laughs> but see, that was that was the one thing I was wondering because I I know I know we'll probably get this next week because this caused a lot of panic for People, I assume, in the Cincinnati area, saying that oh, there's live Uh, television,
1: Kentucky, Walton, Kentucky.
0: Well, (laughs) wherever they actually were, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm watching Raw." I'm sure there were some nine one one calls involved, you know, and Vince had to basically give an apology, whether it was whether people actually perceived it's it was real or not. Um, I. I don't know, like for some reason I had it in my head that at the very least we heard at least one sh- gunshot go off and maybe this was edited by the Peacock network or whatnot once this footage was uploaded. Because I can't see Vince having his own network and going back and editing that to where we don't see or hear the gunshot. I mean, I don't <laughs> think we do the way they had it framed up. I don't think we would have seen it anyway. Um But we would have at least heard it. So it it just made me wonder if that had been edited in post to have that static cut out, you know, take that one second or so or half a second where we would have heard it and take it out. Uh, But I don't know if if you remember actually watching it. But that's at the same time, it's the Mandela effect, Mm -hmm. you know, that you have to wonder, did we hear the gunshot? You know?
1: Well, th- we didn't. That's the we, that's the whole point.
0: I know we didn't, and I know they what? said on commentary that they didn't. But that's what I'm saying. If you watched it originally at home, do you remember hearing a gunshot? I, because I for don't some mean. reason I remember, and maybe it's just the way, again, mm-hmm. because I didn't watch this live. I've seen it in pieces and parts, cont- uh, you know, out of context. And then Dark Side of the Ring, when they did the Pillman episode, for some reason, I had it in my head that they aired at least one gu- – the sound of at least one gunshot.
1: Yeah, so. and, and and they certainly refer to uh, shots being fired. They don't – they specifically avoid saying shots fired or bullets. Uh, right. They call it explosions. explosions. There's a, a part where Cohen um, is who's a, a, a former WF producer, he's on the phone with Vince and he says that he heard a couple of explosions – but definitely stays well away calling, of calling them gunshots, and when they when we get the feedback later on in the show, Kevin Keller says that there are explosions. Definitely doesn't say gunshots, and he was in a, a prime position to see whether there oh, yeah. were gunshots at all. So they were they were definitely trying to uh, skirt the line on on saying whether uh, there were actual bullets and shot. But we we'll get to that point uh, a little later on. Um, we we then cut from the 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 feed going down, which uh, stays on during the the commercial break, and uh, their attempts to repair it to Jim Ross uh, in the ring, mm-hmm. uh, and he's uh, oblivious to what's happening. And I, um, uh, over the years, I remember this this kind of like uh, concept getting a lot of grief from from WF fans, where um, the what was happening uh, in the in the uh, arena. They didn't know what was happening at, at uh at uh Pillman's house, and I actually think that's a really cool idea because it, it, it kind of gives you that um that thought that both things are happening at the same time rather mm-hmm. than they're being taped separately and being uh joined together. So I actually think that's a good idea that that Vince uh that Jim Ross wasn't aware uh, of, of what was going on. Um, but uh Vince uh says that if anything happens, um and we get the feedback, he'll cut away from what was happening with, uh, with Jim Ross, which is a little kind of, uh, play on, on how they tr- uh, treated him during the, the diesel and, and Razor Ramon, uh, intros. Uh, but Jim is out there to essentially, uh, mediate, uh, um, uh, a, a face off between, uh, Sarco Sid and, and, uh, Shawn Michaels, who are going to, uh, going to be meeting each other, uh, survivor series. Um, right very uh, interesting kind of uh, relationship here going on. Uh, Sean Michael's saying that he he essentially saved uh, Sarko Sid from a lunatic asylum, that um, he knows that that Sid has attacked him before uh, and that he's forgiven him uh, and that, that they were friends uh, and, and Sid says they called him out on his bullshit saying he's never been in a lunatic asylum. He has no clue what Shawn Michaels is talking about. Right. Uh, they mentioned the the elbow uh, where um, Sid hit uh, Shawn Michaels and Sid says it's a mistake. Shawn again says, yep, it's, it was a mistake. I've accepted his apology. Um then the audio cuts when Vin says we're going back to Cincinnati, which is weird because we've been in Kentucky all this time. <laughs> um, and then straight away says, "Oh yeah, no, no, we're not going there." Um, so essentially, uh, the the interview segment breaks down. Uh, we get uh, some pushing and shoving. Show um uh, the strong guy that is destroys the the podium. Uh, quite easily, really. I think it's held together with hopes and dreams. Um, but yeah, we get a, a bit of pushing and shoving. Looks like we're going to get a, a kind of a, a prelude to Survivor Series until your your favorite manager uh, comes out. Um, do you want to go through what happens with Cornet and Camp Cornet? So Cornet comes out with Vader,
0: Owen, Bulldog, and clarence mason which i thought was interesting because it's like they're still kim cornet but they're not kim cornet it's it's a little weird but they they must have settled out of court (laughs) i guess i guess um and so it, it it was hard i'll be honest with you this entire segment was really hard to pay attention to because there was vince constantly well we might have to go back oh we're going back oh nope we don't have it we're not going back it made things very convoluted and I get the purpose of it because that moment was an intense moment. And we, as fans, we want to know what was, go- what was going on. But I guess in my head, for me, Vince is too much of a control freak. He's going to know for a fact whether or not they've got, you know, visual contact or not. Everything's working before he's going to attempt to say, okay, we're going back here. We finally got, you know, the situation under control and power restored and blah, 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 blah. Like it it was just, it was too much. Mm -hmm. There was too much of what was going on. Um, So the, the whole interview broke down. It's horrible because it hasn't even been an hour since I watched it and I'm already going well, wait. What happened? Because I, I literally remember they came out, the podium was destroyed,
1: and then it was all over. Yeah. So, so essentially, <laughs> essentially, Cornet is screaming that. Our, um, that Shawn Michaels and and um, Sarko Sid are not going to be able to beat uh, Bretton Owen uh, in next week's match, and also that uh, Sid has stolen uh, Vader's title shot and uh, Shawn Michaels knows that he's never been able to beat Vader and that Vader beat him two times at, at SummerSlam, and that, that title match should, should rightly be his. Uh, um, so
0: typical cornet bullshit.
1: Yeah, essentially. Uh, the 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 heels kind of are that stalk, the the ring, and they're, they're slowly edging the way in, into into the ring. Uh, eventually, they all pile in, and the faces. Beat off the oh, that sounds so bad. The faces, <laughs> the the faces. I mean, Jim um,
0: Ross is there.
1: Yeah, We're <laughs> to get some dressing, and kids. Poor, poor Jim Ross gets called a fatso as well by Sid, which I thought was for someone who's who's a massive baby face. I thought that that was a a little bit of, uh, on the nose. Uh, but yeah, essentially, Sid and Show Michaels are uh, are able to vanquish um, Vader, Owen, and, and Bulldog. Um and then they they square off a little bit, um, a, f- a bit of first phase. It Look like they're going to be friends again, uh, but then uh, Sid realizes that he's been hit with a chair, and Sean Michaels had a hold of the chair which he'd just taken off Owen. Um, and he's saying, "No, I didn't hit you with a chair. It wasn't me." And he's that, like, are you sure you didn't? I think that you might have done. So we uh, they square off, and then the whole kind of uh, the the back office uh, pile out to uh to separate the two. Um, typical friends to enemies crap that they've done for years.
0: Yeah, Like creating uh, dubious shenanigans. Yeah, you know? pretty
1: much, pretty much. Um, so then after that, we essentially going to. I want to say the main event is it? Would you would you class it as a main event though? Um,
0: I, it's as best as we're going to get for a main event, because really the main event of this whole show is what's going on at Pillman's house yeah, really. Yeah. And truly the one thing um, that I will say, so the match is Mark Marrow and Sable versus razor Ramon uh, and diesel comes out with him. But the one thing mm-hmm. that I found really interesting is they didn't list him in the infographic as the wild man, Mark Marrow. He was just listed as the wild man.
1: Ah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't spot that one. Um, and Jr. Uh, ends up on commentary, and he uh, admonishes Vince for for not keeping him in the loop with uh, what happened with Stone Cold. And he says uh, he spoke to Stone Cold yesterday, and he knew that this was going to happen. So how did Vince not know that this was going to happen? Essentially, chastising Vince for for putting Pillman in danger.
0: Right. And saying, you wanted to do this. You knew this would bring ratings. This is exactly, you could have stopped this at any given point And you didn't, you, there's things you could have done. You wanted this. You're too concerned about your ratings, blah, 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 which is probably a little on the nose if we're being honest.
1: Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but this is the part of the the, the show where we get a, uh, um, WF producer Kerwin selfies, uh, Mm-hmm. ringing in with Vince, uh Vince saying, Have you heard any gunshots? Have you seen anybody coming around? And Kerwin is is telling Vince that it's pitch black, that he's seen nobody come in, and nobody go out, that the 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 staff are, are a bit worried about going and fixing the 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 satellite feed because they don't know what's gonna to happen to them. Um exactly. i think he was actually still employed with the company until covid i think he actually was one of the people oh, who wow. got re- released um during the the covid uh pandemic um but yeah essentially the the, the matches again like most of the matches on this show uh were were definitely not the focal point the fo- they were just kind of the the filler whilst we continued this story with uh with um pillman and and austin um, in terms of, of the the match, it was it was good. Mark mirro has been one of the better wrestlers uh, that we've been watching in in, in this period. Uh, Razor, not so much maybe. Um, so it, it's it's essentially Mark Miro carrying the the match. Um, we found out that no police as 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 turned up to the 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 Pilman household yet which is a little bit weird if uh, if we've had explosions or gunshots uh, right. but yeah that that hasn't happened um the thing that struck me as odd w- was that
0: he said and i was trying to think through you, you know me i'm a very rational person i'm I, I try to think through the possibilities like okay how can we make this make sense and the thing that caught me as that odd was that kerwin said that there was no power in the house. All the other houses on the street had power except for theirs. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, okay, wait a minute. Let's sit here and think about this for a second. I grew up in my grandmother's home, which was basically a brand new home when they moved into it, which was shortly after my mother was born in 61. Her, um, because I'm trying to think, okay, if he did... If there were explosions, if there were gunshots, could something have ricocheted and maybe bounced into the the main power, the main breaker, you know, causing those lights to go off for whatever reason. And I'm like, well, her breaker box was outside. Like they she had an attached laundry room or or shed type thing that was on her. And like every every breaker box that I know of hasn't really been in the kitchen. Like even my, my house is probably almost 20 years old and my breaker box is in the garage. I mean, the garage backs up to the kitchen, but there's no way somebody could break into my back door, fire a gunshot and hit my breaker box. It just doesn't. Why? Like, I understand that's their reasoning for why the truck wouldn't, in at least in theory, why their truck wouldn't have power. But those satellite trucks typically run on their own power. Yep. Like, none of it. The the, the explanation for every like, okay, I get they don't have enough power in the house to turn on the lights to be able to see properly. A, a light on top of the camera is not going to make a, enough of a difference for us to be able to see properly properly. I get that the everybody's scared because you've got two angry people, one of them brandishing a weapon. So they don't want to leave the truck because it's potentially dangerous for them. It's the whole why don't we have power issue that just didn't make sense to me. You know, mm-hmm. well we could it, it would have made more sense to me to say the camera b- became unplugged in the scuffle. The crew got scared. They hightailed it back to the truck. You know, we can bring the satellite feed up, but you're going to see us. We have no idea where Kevin Kelly is. Of course, we know he was under the dining room table, supposedly. But, you know, we're freaked out. We feel like we barely got out, you know, with our lives and called the cops or whatever. Yeah. And so, like... There, there's some type of explanation that's missing somewhere. Like, have Melanie somewhere off screen, oh, Melanie flipped the breaker mm-hmm. to try to protect both of them. If they can't see each other, then they can't hurt each other, potentially. But at the same time, you know, if he's got a firearm, then he could be shooting willy-nilly and could hit anybody. There, there's just too many loopholes. And maybe it's just my own rational mind that won't let me fully um, suspend disbelief for a moment to, to buy. I'm not saying, listen, it's the WWE. We know the entire thing was, was orchestrated. Okay. We've already discussed there was no clip in the gun. There was no magazine. There were no bullets in it because he cocked it twice and nothing popped out. Okay. We know the whole thing was orchestrated. It wasn't real. I, Kevin Kelly, I absolutely love you. I have no doubt that you were completely safe the entire time. Okay. <laughs> and I appreciate you for continuing, for not pulling back the curtain completely. I really do. And I think that's a cool, don't get me wrong. I, I love that. I think that's a great thing. But me watching it now as the analytic person that I am, I can only suspend my belief so much. Mm -hmm. Like I'm willing to believe that there was beef there with the two. I'm willing to believe that they orchestrated a situation where, uh, Brian had some type of weapon, whether it was loaded or not. Okay. I'm willing to believe that he, that this, for whatever reason, the camera lost power and we got static right as Pillman was going to fire, okay? It's all the other loopholes I'm having problems with, with with the lack of an explanation. And maybe I can let it go for one week. But if we don't get some type of explanation next week, okay, here's what, because you know, like why weren't cops called, I mean, if I'm running, if I'm hauling ass to keep my ass from getting shot, the first thing that I'm going to do when I'm somewhere safe is like, hey, I've got these two guys fighting. I mean, obviously, they're not going to hired some off duty police officers to show up, you know, and take care of the situation like there's stop treating us like we're stupid that's that's where i am right now i want i want to suspend my disbelief but you've got to make enough of it look plausible and make sense in order for me to do that y- y- does that make sense
1: no it absolutely makes sense uh uh, I was just tickled by the the thought of of you mentioning this to to Kevin when you uh, when you had your chat with. him. I would never. I
0: would and, never.
1: And then and then Kevin just having PTSD of you bringing up memories he's trying to repress. But this is the thing. So Kevin, point when do you I remember? Had... Let's talk about Pillman had a gun and he's oh. like,
0: "No." <laughs> but this is the thing, though. I recognize that Kevin is a personality in wrestling. Whether you're a wrestler, commentator, interviewer, whatever, I expect that there's a certain level of kayfabe that you're going to keep up, whether it's partial or you go the full MJF and you're buying into it 24-7. Okay? And I'm fine with that. I can suspend my disbelief for that. And at that point when I had interviewed Kevin, I hadn't seen this episode. You know, and I think it's I think it's great that I hadn't seen this episode in context when I talked to Kevin, because I think that that (laughs) I can't say I would have full blown like had this whole tirade prepared when I talked to Kevin. But like it's hard, it's hard for me as an intellectual person. You know, and that's the thing that I think some companies take for granted. You know, WWE is so focused nowadays on being a PG or safe space for kids that they neglect the intelligence of their older viewers that have been there with them for 20, 30 and 40 years. You know what I mean? And so it's like. Fine. You want to dumb things down for kids, but you want to make it realistic. Like give those of us who who are old enough and smart enough and have some real world experience, give us the benefit of the doubt and make it make sense in a way that we can suspend our belief just enough to be able to go along with the story. For the sake of ourselves, for the sake of the program, for the sake of our kids, whatever it may be, you know, don't don't treat us like we're stupid.
1: Well, you'll be—I mean, I suppose glad to to hear that this angle is dropped pretty much instantly. Um, WWF got a hell of a lot of backlash from. the, the USA network and a lot of people actually ringing the cops uh, because they they were like you oh, that they thought that this was, this was um, a, a, a very shocking incident uh, and they were forced to, to essentially drop it. So when we get to next week's episode, spoiler, it's not mentioned. It's not mentioned I see at that's all. What,
0: and I think that's smart a and B and it's because they didn't think about how it would go down. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to take it for granted when you're writing these things that you're going to have the smart people that are going to be like, I don't think so, Tim, but you've got to be, be realize that there are going to be some people who they're going to be kids.
1: Yeah. Mama, I mean, mama, it, it, me, around, me
0: around he's going to yeah. hurt stone cold. We've got to call 911. You have got to, you know, because at that moment, I know myself as a parent, I'm going to be watching to figure out what's going on. And if I sit here, you know, we've already made the authorities aware they're on, you know, they are in route. Then I'm like, baby, the cops know they're going to come. I'm going to be able to call my own child, mm-hmm. you know, to, to let them know they didn't, I don't think they fully thought this through before setting it off. They, they should have been in contact with the local authorities, you know, so that, Things could be put in place. You know, we are gonna. I mean, if they're gonna call, have the security guard call the authorities just for Steve's manhandling a couple people and de- destroying some studio equipment and being rude to the security guard, why would they not call the cops for Pillman having a gun exactly. and Steve breaking in?
1: Uh, exactly, two crimes in one
0: thing. Even yeah. if it's a staged spot, yeah. have security on site have off-duty hire some they had the money i'm sure at that point to hire two or three if not four off-duty police officers local and just say or maybe that was the issue they were in kentucky and if somebody looked close enough they'd have saw they wouldn't have they'd seen a kentucky badge instead of an ohio badge (laughs) i don't know like
1: i mean they have have friends just stick them in in officer's uniforms and and have them coming in. And... I mean, if
0: his shirt's dry, you may as well throw him in a security well, guard
1: outfit. Yeah. Well, know, man, let, let, let's get to that because, uh, we'll, we'll quickly run through what happened in the match. Uh, essentially, um, Triple H and, um, uh, Mr. Perfect come out. Um, they stop, uh, Mark Miro from hitting the wild thing, uh, which leads to Razor getting the Razor's edge, uh, and fake Razor Ramon picks up the win, which is a bit, uh, Bit of a come down from Mark Merrill being Intercontinental Champion just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's losing to uh, a pretend Razor Ramon. But we do get the feedback uh, from uh, Kentucky slash Cincinnati um, Pillman being essentially restrained by his uh, by his uh, friends who were getting beat up by Austin. 10-15 minutes ago and now are bone dry and also have got a repaired shirt, which is magic. I don't know how, how they do this, the magic of television, but he's looking as 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 wild as ever. Uh and in the in the kind of melee, we get tidbits of information that the the explosions did happen. Uh, but Austin uh left when he saw the gun, um, that nobody was, was shot uh and and uh, essentially we we end the show uh with with pillman with king
0: yelling at kevin kelly to take the gun away from pillman
1: yeah pretty much pretty much um for for, for me over, overall the show i i thought it was it was a, a a cool break from what we've with the stuff we've witnessed over the last 20 uh, uh three or so weeks i thought it was a, a nice change um but there was a lot of plot holes in 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 this you can tell it was very much kind of like booking uh, on the fly like i said they didn't run it by uh, local authorities they certainly didn't run it by the the tv networks uh, and it's a, a shame that this this storyline gets dropped because there's a lot of meat on the bone here. There's a lot of uh, ways they could have gone with this storyline, yeah. um, but I was I was entertained by this this episode of Raw, even with the the glaring errors. Uh, how did you find the the episode uh, in general?
0: I don't know. I mean, it was interesting to go back and watch and look at, but there was so much focus on. Pillman, Austin, the gun, that it really overshadowed the entirety of the majority of the wrestling, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it, it, it overshadowed did. the yeah. the face to face that we had between Sean and Sid. It's not a bad episode. For historical context, I think it's something that should be watched. If for no other reason than a comedy of errors to never do again. And here's the reason why. Just listen to this episode. I'll give you plenty of them. Like, and I feel horrible kind of saying that because I wasn't there. I was 14 at the time, still in high school, you know, like, and I'm not suggesting that I could write something so much better, but at the same time, like, hell, maybe I could. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does seem uh, kind of a, a come down from the, the last couple of episodes where uh, even though they've been very Stone Cold-centric episodes, uh, they felt like uh, WWF was, was turning a corner. This felt like maybe they were throwing lots of stuff at the wall to see what would stick. Uh, I mean, it's cool that they're going 100% in on Stone Cold and uh, yeah. historically that ends up being the, the absolute, the right decision. Uh, but maybe if they had a stuck with this uh, storyline rather than uh, uh, bowing to the pressures of, of the, 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 the TV networks, maybe we, we could have got some finality from it. Um, but we're into next week's episode now and uh, this is the go-home show for... For the upcoming Survivor Series, um, we've got the the tag match for the uh, W.F. Tag Team Titles. Uh, can show Michaels and Sarkozy stay on the same page and defrone Owen and and Derby Boy? Um, we're also going to get uh, Mankind and Stone Cold on the show as well. So definitely look forward to that, and you'll hear about that next week here on uh, A Changing Attitude. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all from uh, from us now. Um, so tune in next week to to find out if we if we will hear any more about this storyline. We won't. It will never be mentioned again. <laughs> um, not on the sh- Not on that show. We
0: may mention it again, but yeah, on we, that show, it's done and it over with. We like we it may. never even happened.
1: So yeah, uh time for some socials um uh, for us to get out of here. Um I'll I'll uh, play Tanner in this part because unfortunately uh he had um, a prior engagement had to had to dip out halfway through the episode. But you can follow him on uh the Twitter at Texas uh, gentleman underscore or you can follow him on uh at Radio Techers where um, he's part of the, the cool team that we've got over there at Radio Techers covering football, wrestling, MMA, plenty of uh, uh, quality content over, over there. So definitely go and uh, check that out. Uh, you can also find them on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, Ori, how about you? Where can the, the good listeners find you and more of your content?
0: You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at OriTheDraw. Awesome. Or occasionally for a match on Radio Techers.
1: Maybe, and you may be on a, a live watch-along uh, very, very soon for Survivor Series. <laughs> um, but in terms of me, you can uh, come and bow at my feet, uh, bend thy knee uh, oh at God. Podfather Mags. Uh, you can also follow the show at ACIA Podcast. Uh, and also, if you if you uh, want to give us your opinions on this match or any of the upcoming storylines, um drop us an email uh, at podcast at gmail.com. Um, whilst you're here on The Chair Shot, definitely go and check out some more of the amazing content from some absolutely amazing content creators, um, Bandwagon Nerds, uh, the Babyface Heel podcast, Miranda Morales, who's an absolute star, uh, DWR. So there's plenty of uh, uh, quality content here on, on The Chair Shot. Uh, and whilst you're doing that, go and check out uh the pro wrestling teaser page for chair shot where you can get some uh outstanding merchandise including uh, a chair shot 316 shirt owned by um one lovely oris or so, uh, definitely go and uh, check them out uh but that's all from from us so we'll uh we'll speak with you next week and remember around these parts you must always use your head Bye-bye. Bye bye